about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I wanted to say guard your mind, but I want to talk about doorways of depression. How really can we guard against depression? But before we guard against it, how, what are the different doorways in which depression comes in? And then we can now start to deal with it. However, let's go to to, um, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. I will use the good word version or the Living Bible as an addendum to it. Proverbs 4.23, or any version you pick up is fine. He says, guard your heart. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all things. So, it says, guard your heart above all things. There is nothing important in your life than your heart. Uh, Guard your heart. Guard your mind. The good word says, guard your heart more than anything else. The heart there that it means is actually the soul. Your soul. And I did say on Sunday, if you were not here on Sunday, please pick up the the tape. When I mean pick up the tape, download it. And it will bless you. Because I said that with your body, you are world conscious. With your spirit, you are what? Thank you. I was about to faint. Uh, with your spirit, you are God conscious. And with your soul, you are what? Self conscious. Always remember this your soul, self consciousness, your body, world consciousness, your spirit, God consciousness. And I made an analogy which may not be absolutely accurate in the theological world, but I'm making it in, in my own argument that your soul is kind of in the middle that connects to the world and connects to the spirit. And that's why the devil fights your soul. So the Bible says, in the Living Bible, it says, above all, guard your affections. The Living Bible says, guard your affections above all else, for they influence everything else in your life. Can you see how that justifies what I spoke about, the spirit, the soul, and the body? It says, above all, because the major attack in your life is always against your soul, which is the seat of your thinking and the seat of your affections. I've said to you, and I'm going to say this, that a man's thought is the production line of his actions. Your thoughts is the production line of your action. Your body does not move first. It is your thought that moves first, and then your body follows. 
your, 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 a, a man's thought is the production line of his action. The, the soul, your soul is the supreme court of destiny and well-being. I'm saying this because this is why it's important to guard it. Your soul becomes more prosperous as the quality of your thought life improves. Are you hearing me? Your, your soul. Your, your soul becomes, becomes more prosperous. When the quality of your thought process increases, your soul starts to increase. That's why it says, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Your mind, your thoughts. And so, now the Bible says, guard your heart. What does it mean by guard your heart? I've shared this before, but I'm just going to reiterate this. We, do, we don't guard worthless things. Uh, on Thursday, Thursday, tomorrow is Thursday, so they come to, around our area and they pick up the garbage on Friday. So on Thursday, I take the garbage, you understand, and I put it outside. But because my wife is here, she takes it and puts it outside. Uh, normally, I'm cancelling. Um, so, she now puts it on the street. It sits there all night because sometimes they come very early in the morning and we don't want to be running out and putting stuff outside. So, it's left there all night and it is completely unguarded. One of the funny things that used to happen is that when we put it there, then the foxes come. And I, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this. And they mess the whole thing up. And things you don't want your neighbors to see. <laughs> they see it. And I could see my wife um, praying for the foxes. Uh, if, if she can find something to shoot them, she will shoot them. Uh, after a while, she now decided to get a black bin, uh, real bin, put it in. And then wait, hopefully, for the morning and put it out, out there. But the truth of the matter is that it is unguarded. Why do I not guard the garbage? It's because it's worthless. Everything inside there is worthless. But that's not with your heart. Your heart is the essence of who you are. Your soul is the essence of you, who you are. It authenticates you. It is the core of your being. It is where your dreams, your desires, and your passion lives. It's that part of you that connects with God and connects with other people. That's your soul. So let me ask you a question uh, for, for ladies. Would you take a Louis Vuitton bag and put it outside I mean, you've been praying for years and someone just gives it to you or you spent your entire life paying for it and then suddenly you put it outside overnight uh, and leave it there. You're most likely not going to do that. In fact, having said that, there are actually places you will not even take that back to. There are places in England that you will go to that you would rather take a uh, 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 Max and Spencer's bag and take it too. I mean, there's a place we went two days ago and my wife was getting out of the car. I said, drop your bag. She said, I, I don't think I said, drop your bag. 
drop your bag. I don't even know why you carried it. Drop your bag. It was somewhere in London. I won't say where it is. Uh, but just, 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 just drop your bag because the last thing I want to do was to fight. Don't want trouble. Uh, there are, uh, I remember even there are countries that I, that I will go to. That, remember, there's a country I went to. I mean, everyone would know it because I was sitting in front. My mother-in-law was sitting at the back. I suddenly felt someone on my neck. I looked, wow. And my mother said, just keep your face straight. She took off my chain and held on to it. I said, mom, what's the problem? She says, there are some places here. Where you don't wear that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, 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 it means that she was guarding me because what I was wearing was precious. And it may not even be that precious, but it, is, it could attract unnecessary trouble. Now, the Solomon is saying that your heart is more expensive than a Louboutin bag. Your heart is more expensive than a Gucci shoe. Your heart is even more expensive than that guy you're going out with or that girl you're going out with or that husband you're married to or that wife you're married to. If your heart is one of the most precious things that you have, that it is what you need to guard above everything else. He says, guard it. He says, because everything starts to flow from out of your heart. And it dictates the course of your life. And because your soul, uh, and he used the heart, because of your soul is under constant attack, Solomon says that you are living in a combat zone and in which there are many casualties. And many of us are oblivious to the reality of this war. And we have an enemy who is bent on destroying our lives. He's, he doesn't only oppose God, but he opposes everything that aligns with God. So let me give you the good news. The good news is you're a Christian. The bad news is the fact that the devil doesn't like that you're a Christian. And so he needs to know if you are really a Christian or not a Christian. And there are many of us that are unbelieving Christians, if I can use it. Our hearts and our lives are not so much lined up with God that the enemy is there to pollute your soul and the enemy is there to destroy you. Hence, because your soul is the center of your attachment to both the physical world and the spiritual world, the devil tries to attack your soul. And there are many avenues in which depression comes in and one of the greatest sources of those avenues is your mind. And that's why we must be careful what we allow into our minds, into our soul. Because when an evil spirit gets hold of a man, it's an open door. Are you all hearing me? It's going to get a bit rough as we go along because many of you may just walk out after I finish. Every person needs to be aware of possible doorways in their life. 
Every one of us needs to be aware. I know where there can be a doorway. Everyone needs to know what are the doorways that the enemy can use to come into my life. But it's also important to have an understanding of these doorways to be able to effectively deal with them and ensure that they are protected and they are well guarded. Depression, ladies and gentlemen, especially for Christians. Now, let me say this first. The reason why I'm addressing the spiritual aspect of our lives first is because when you say you are a Christian, you become an enemy of the devil. You, do you understand? Which means if the devil is going to fight an unbeliever, he is making a reinforcement which is double the battle he would put towards an unbeliever because he's got that one anyway and the devil's main aim is to recruit more. So when you lift up your hands and say you are a believer, the, the first thing the enemy wants to do is to come to steal, kill and destroy. Now, before we shake our heads, I want to bring this reality towards us. Because many of us, because we're living in this western world in which we are, we take many things for granted and we take the spiritual with such levity that we don't really understand when we say Jesus is my Lord. Once you say Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, you have exposed yourself to an attack. But the Bible says that we are more than a conqueror through what? Christ who loves us. But the thing there is that because we do not live a disciplined life, we open ourselves to all kinds of attack. And sometimes the pastor even doesn't know where the attack is coming from because you really don't tell us the truth, what you've got yourself involved in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why many people, and I know it's happened, and I'm, this is the truth, the reality, is you, you're an unbeliever before you became a Christian, or before you decided to dedicate your life to Christ, because many of us probably were born into a Christian family, but before you became serious, you were going out with different kinds of people and all that kind of stuff, and everything looked fine and all that, and then the reality of Christ came onto you, the inside of you, and then you became a Christian, and it looked like before you became a Christian, people were always phoning you and asking you out. Now you become a Christian, it seems everything has dried up. And you're wondering, uh, what is happening? Or you now enter into a relationship and it looks like before things used to be easy. Why is this hard? You have no idea that when you move camp, you have moved into the line of destiny. And God is bringing two people to become a formidable force against the kingdom of darkness. And he's knowing that he can use your testimony to help others, both unbelievers and Christian wives, then the attack starts. But, we, 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 but instead of us trying to come together, pray, and forge forward, we set our minds on, oh, uh, what wedding dress am I going to wear? What ring am I going to have? Well, without realizing that that's not the essence in which God brought us together. And so once you declare that you're a Christian, you also need to understand that the devil does not like you. Many of us are Christians and want the devil to like us. That's the reason why we'll put one leg in Christianity and one leg in the world. We want the world, we want the word. Both doesn't merge together. And that's the question I ask people. What rules your mind? 
the holy word of God or Hollywood. What rules your mind? So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24. I'm going to use, if you can find it, the amplified uh, AMPC. Not the real one, but the, the, not, not, not the one that you normally use. It's the AMPC. Uh, amplified version. And verse 22 says, Strip yourself of your former nature. Put off Good version, thank you. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self. Ah. Ah. Before I go on, can you sometimes sit down and ask yourself, has there actually been a change in my life since I've become a Christian? Come on. Where in my life can I point to that there has been a specific change from when I was an unbeliever to when I became an unbeliever? Has there been any change? Have I got the same friends? Have I hung out with the same thing? Do I still drink the same way? And do I curse? Is my cursing gone up another level since I've become a Christian? Does there any change in, in you? Does people walk up to you and say, I love your kind of Christianity because both of you are going to hell. That's what they were like because your life's supposed to be a challenge, not an acceptance. So the Bible says here strip yourself of your former nature, put off. So, how is it that you're a Christian and nothing has left you? Before I became a Christian, yes, I would fraternize, I would go out to parties, I would have different kinds of girls, and all that kind of stuff. I was there. But when I became a Christian, I was there in Christ. There has to be a difference. Come on. All right. I knew this day was going to be a bit rough, but um, he says, put off and discard your old or new self. Which, listen, which characterizes your previous manner of life. And becomes corrupt through lust and desire that springs from delusion. He says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit. What did he say? Constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. And put on a new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. A whole different story from where we're coming from. He's saying, eliminate these things. Now, I gave these scriptures because I want to give you five or six things, or three or four things of, you know, how many I can get tonight, that, that actually causes depression. One of the first things, it's not in my notes, let me show you. One of the first things that really causes depression is sin. It's not in my notes. You just drop it. Sin is one of the greatest things in a Christian life that causes depression. Because we are trying to please God 
and we're trying to please the world. And that guilt of that constant sin is making us feel like a hypocrite and it doesn't allow us to have a good contact and an open heaven upon our lives. People don't preach about sin anymore in church because we preach about grace. But grace is not actually a license for sin. Grace is power over sin. Are you following what grace is supposed to empower you to be able to get over that sinful nature? The fact that you don't have to do anything, it is wrong. Now, what am I saying, Pastor? Is you don't have to do anything to be righteous because Christ is our righteousness. But all you have to do is to stay in the path of righteousness by the empowerment of grace. Are you following what I'm saying? And I preached a whole message about that thing the last two years ago. I might have to revisit this again. Grace is, it, grace is not a license. It, it, you don't have to work to be righteous. You have to receive righteousness and stay in the path of righteousness. But sin is one of the greatest forms of depression in the life of a Christian because sin uh, makes you discard God or it comes in your life. No, that's the wrong word. Sin separates you from God. It doesn't separate God from loving you. It separates you from God. Because God still maintains relationship with you, although you can fall out of fellowship. Sin made the prodigal son fall out of fellowship with his father, although he was still in relationship with him. Did you get the difference? He was still his father anyway, whether he left or he stayed. And when he came back, it was very clear that the father loved him when he decided to come back. Not that the father was running after him in his sin. No, you have to make the decision to come back. And when he came back, end of story, because he followed what his father wanted for his life initially, because if he doesn't follow it, he will start eat, eating with the pigs. So, let me say this clearly. The prodigal son was eating with the pigs because sin made him eat with the pigs and he was depressed. Are you following what I'm saying? And so, what sin does in our lives is to destroy our fellowship, our relation, our fellowship with God and can, let me say this, ultimately destroy our relationship because if death meets us in sin, there's no coming back. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? I'm not trying to put the fear of God in you. I'm trying to put the grace of God in me. And the grace of God says, embrace God's grace rather than embracing sin. Let me give you Number two, these are realities. Some of these things are easy. Things that you need to eliminate. Things, trying to eliminate things that the devil can use to bring in depression. Another form is what I call empty, unproductive entertainment. 
I love it when you agree with me. <laughs> a doorway to depression is what I call empty, unproductive, what? Entertainment. Let's repeat it again so you don't forget. A doorway to depression is empty, unproductive, what? Entertainment. Pastor, what do you mean like that? What do you mean about that? This is getting a bit rough. Even I am afraid to say this, but I will say this. Excessive involvement in pleasure that risks negative consequences becomes a doorway to depression. Let me quickly say this. There are three kinds of depression. There is the physical depression, you're unhappy, you get depressed. There is the mental health issue of depression that needs to be dealt sometimes with um, um, therapists and with medication. But there's also spiritual. And this is not medical uh, journalism or anything you find it in most journals. I'm sure you will find it somewhere if we make any investigation. But I, I believe strongly that the root of many depression comes from a spiritual issue. So the devil releases his spirit, bam, into someone's life which opens the door and things start to happen. And one of the greatest things in our generation, you know, I identify with Yao. <laughs> and, and, and one of the, 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 the greatest forms of avenues in which the devil and the spirit of this world enters into our generation is excessive involvement in pleasure obligatory social engagements gathering of people you don't know where they're coming from and where you will end up having meaningless conversations that diminishes you is a doorway and then you leave the place and you just don't know why am I feeling like this? And it takes a while. You just wake up in the following morning and you just feel depressed because the conversation that went on with you was meaningless conversations that have now opened the doorway. Oh, I really don't want to make you afraid. Can I say this? Some of the people you are involved with are involved in occultism although they themselves are not aware. Their parents, their generation has been involved in stuff that they are not aware and you are partaking in it and you're opening up yourself to issues. <sighs> Let me go a bit further. I can see some faces like thunders. Kiss, 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 smiling. Let me not know I'm talking to you. What are you watching? And where are you actually going? Depressive films are gateways into your soul. You have no filter of what you watch. You have no filter. There was a young boy some time ago in worship tabernacle. 
They brought him to me after the service. He was just manifested. He was like, ah, and he was like, ah, this does that every single time. And so I was speaking to the parents, and I said, you know, Jesus can heal and all that. And I kind of just looked at the guy. I said, it wasn't me. It was the Spirit of God. What does this boy watch? Oh, he likes to watch. The, 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 I didn't know what they are, so I, 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 and I'm not going to mention them, so I don't get sued. But it was all this nasty, serious shit. I said, "What time does he watch it?" I said, "Be honest with me, because before we can heal, we need to know." And sometimes they lead them to watch stuff at night before they go to bed, and so that spirit manifests throughout the night, being inside him, and bam. They start to react. I said, before we pray, shut it down. And I said, when you shut it down, there will be a massive manifestation at home. You've got to fight this through because you allowed it to happen. Three, four, five, six weeks down the line, the child was healed without a single deliverance. What you're looking for deliverance is actually you can deliver yourself. What are you watching? Is there any filter? Because I've watched a film... Or a series called Hammer House of Horror. Oh, babe, what's it called? Is it right? In those days, the, the house just manifests. Things just happen. And then I go to bed and I'm having, I'm waking up sweating. I'm calling on the name of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I wasn't there when you were watching the film. But I loved it. You know the problem is, I so much loved it that it was difficult for me to stop watching it. It's a possession. Obsession. Rather obsession than possession. I don't want to go into demonic stuff, but there are three. You understand? Obsession, oppression, and possession. Christians can't be possessed. We'll talk about that the other day. Don't ask me a question about that today. Uh, I'll deal with that so I don't go off course. But, 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 but my question still remains, under the ex- empty, unproductive entertainment, what are you watching? And especially if you're battling with depression, you should not be watching weepy films. You should come on. What's the matter with you? You're not reading the word. You're not hearing something that will uplift your soul. You now switch on the, the, the TV and you're looking at, you've just been dumped and you're looking at those who have been dumped. Where are you? Some of us don't have any filter. We don't have filter. We think that what you're watching is reality, Love Island. Just how does that occur in real world? And you see, nobody, everyone's gone quiet because you watch it. But, but, but there, so there has to be some filters. Okay. Let me give you some of these gateways under this telephone. You go to learn to resist long periods of being on the phone. It's a doorway. It, you, people spend long times on the phone accomplishing absolutely nothing. And you drop the phone, bam, it's a door. Let me say this. I hope you're getting something out of this. The devil plans and strategizes to get you. You need to understand that. So, uh, while you are not planning and you're not praying, the Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion. He, 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 he picks your name and they have a 
dossier on you, what you like, what you don't like, and the devil, it's plans to get you at your weak point. How many people watch films? Don't put up your name because we've just spoken about it. Uh, but, 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 but when they, when they catch a spy, you understand, and they, 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 they interrogate, thank you, that's why you're sitting in front. They interrogate the spy, and the spy has been built in such a way that he will not reveal the truth. The next thing they ask is, they're looking at, what is his weak point? And spies, if they're ever going to survive, should never have a family. Because once they have a family of the children, they show the spy, the children, where they have a gun to their head or someone is in there and then he gives up the secret. Because they have a dossier on you. The right of the... And, and when we go into demonology, it's called familiar spirits. So they know what you do, they know where you're going and if the devil wants to get you, he just finds out your weak points and comes in. So the devil says, you like the telephone. Let me send someone who will just keep talking depressive things into your ears and you're off. And you really don't know when that spirit comes in until you just like, I just don't like doing anything. Television. Choose to avoid spending endless times watching it. Music. Mm-hmm. Don't choke. Don't choke. Take some water now. Take some water. <laughs> don't choke. You can't. You cannot listen to every kind of music, at least consistently. You're damaging yourself. Oh, this is where everyone's gone. You can't. It is what I call empty, unproductive environments. There are some certain things these guys speak and these guys say that you don't understand. There was one music that came on one day. And I said, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, have you heard the lyrics? I said, forget the lyrics. I just like the, the... But when I listen to the lyrics, if I keep listening to that over and over again, I'm going to follow it. Depressing. There's no filter. Show me your playlist. No, I'm, I'm serious. I want to start seeing it now. <laughs> show me your playlist but you now say oh but there are no nice Christian songs come on there are so many and then let me now say this to you we are not in competition with the world the devil owns that so stop the nonsense in you telling us that uh, there's no rap Christian music there is Lecrae sings good ones, does good things. There are so many of them that does good things. Well, even, the, even, even having said that, having even said that, do you understand that the devil actually steals them from the church? That's why when they die, they come back to the church to bury them. They steal them from the church. And the problem we're having is the fact that we want to compare church music, whatever you call church music, because there's no difference in this day and age. We're trying our best. To, <laughs> to world music. Are you serious? How much money do we have to put up on the entertainment like Whiskey? Huh? Are you serious? The machinery behind the boy. 
It's it's mind-blowing. And all of you are bouncing towards it. uh, But you don't know where you're going. We don't have, I don't, I'm not, I'm not condemning you, I'm just saying we don't, we don't and we're not in competition. And if you're ever into music and you're competing against the world, you have no idea God, the gift God gave you and the message he wants you to put out. And many of us want to blow the line, dress like them, talk like them, be like them, so they can buy your music. God didn't send you to them. So if you expect you're going to get the same money as they're going to get, the Bible says that this mammon, the devil owns the world. And surely by music he fell. And surely by music he will catch an entertainment. And you're depressed because the devil planned that music for us. Everything is not for them. Every single demonic music out there is to populate hell. There's no other goal. He's in competition with God. He sold it free to Jesus. And said, just bow. Free. I'll give you everything. Free. Just bow. And, the de- and Jesus knew I could do that easy than to die on the cross. But we as Christians, we just want both walls. Consistent listening. Sometimes in a while you listen to it. But if your entire life Man, listening to, is it Mickey or Nicki Minaj or whatever, having a beef with Candy B or whatever they have? <laughs> I have to learn these things because of where I pastor. And, and those are your role models. You're, in a, you're having a laugh, man. Are you serious? Okay. Let me bring other things that produce depression. Because unknown to you, the target is out for you. Let me give you another example. Somebody came to me. Oh, Pastor, hey, I said, where are you? Oh, I went to carnival. Carnivals. Carnivals, carnivals. I am telling you. There are, and this is where our argument becomes, you can decide to do what you want to do. I am telling you, that you need to be careful where you go because most of these things are steeped in demonic entertainment. Everyone's left church now. <laughs> I won't let my child get involved in Halloween just for entertainment. What is this? Have you ever researched where these things come from? But then you will go out there, you go out there, and then someone gets stabbed in a carnival when they're not supposed to be there. You left church. You didn't even come to church. And carnival was that important to you. You can see that your priorities are finished. You, 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 do you get what I'm saying? The Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God abides under the shadow of the Almighty God. Pastor, should you be saying these things? Yes! Because I'm trying to help you. And then you go there and you come back and you just don't know what is wrong with you. Because the spirits are operating in places like that and they're targeting Christians. It's kind of like if you watch those films where they have targets. You understand? You, they can, it, the devil can see you from afar. You've got an image. You've got a mark on your head of Christ. So he targets that. He doesn't need to care for everybody else. 
devilish symbols, chains, pendants, wings, oriental objects, astrology, zodiac signs, hair clips, paintings. You need to watch out for some of these things that actually bring issues into your life. One day I bought a bracelet outside and I said, what is the sign on this? And they said, it's harmless. I said, what is the sign? It's harmless. I said, I don't want any harmless thing to harm me. I just walked away. <laughs> if you can't tell me, you can't put a sign there without knowing what it is. And if I don't have time to research it, I'm just not going to put it on my wrist. Because I've been in this business for a long time to know how the devil operates. It's always harmless. The devil never comes to you and says, hey, hey, I'm the devil. You will know immediately. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. He didn't bring this world down to his knees by just appearing to Eve and saying, you know I'm the devil and I'm about to deceive you. No. You, 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 you're, you're going out, both of you are Christians. You don't just suddenly just go to the house and say, hey, okay, we're here, let's sleep together. No. You, 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 it comes gradually. Because if some of you know before it comes, but you still ignore it. It comes gradually. Drugs. Alcoholism. I can only do one. I'm still on number one. How does depression come in? Through sexual intercourse. And the church has gone quiet. Let me read this to you. I hope you come back next week. I hope you don't find another church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.16. Let's read it together. What? Put it up please. No, I don't know what I'm reading from. The mind starts from what is a question. Yeah, thank you, darling. What? What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two says he shall be one flesh. Which means any participation in sexual perversion directly opens a person to an inflow of issues. I've said this before and I've preached this in church but I have to repeat myself until Jesus comes. Do you understand what soul ties are about? Before we shake our heads, let me explain it to you. Because some of you, before you get married, in fact, before you get married, if you're going out with someone, you might need deliverance. Uh, because the, the problem is, if I have demonic issues, and people do have it, it could be somebody, some, some people's background, life has, has mental issues, depression, sickness, issues in their lives. You sleep with that person. The Bible says you become one. And while, the, while it is called intercourse, and, while, and I need to be careful so I don't go any further because there's children. While there is something going on, there's an exchange. Because technically it is called covenant. Covenant means an exchange. It means the covenant between God and Abraham in God changing his name from Abraham to Abraham and Sarah to Sarah was, I will take your weakness, I will give you my strength. 
So when there is things going, you are giving your strength to someone and you're taking their weakness. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And while you're doing that, what you don't realize is that if, so if her, if her weakness was two uh, and she passes two to me and then I go with her, she passes her two to me, mine's become four and there are different demons and different issues that are operating. And then so some of you may be sleeping with some people who have 10 baggages of demonic issues all over again, dumped into you in just one day. You think it's pregnancy that is your main issue? No. Some, of, some people are pregnant with issues. The gestation period is not nine months. It could be nine years. And yeah, God forbid. Now, before he forbids it, you forbid it too. Uh, <laughs> This is a serious issue. And it goes both ways. And you know, guys foolishly think that they are a stud. You are a stud in demonic issues. That's why there is no progress. I have, I, I don't want to go into demolition, but I've done deliverance where I could, I'm praying for the guy and a woman is speaking out. He's not going nowhere. That's why he has made no progress. He's mine. In London, not in your village. In London, here, in this church, right here. Good guys, it's not, not, not this, these things happen in Asia or Africa. In here, 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 he was born bred. In fact, his father was born bred here, so it's, it's a whole lineage of British. Give me Second Corinthians six, six. Second Corinthians six. Did I just read that? Twelve. Let me just read six, twelve, and, and, and let me read. Soul ties are just simply becoming one flesh. So there is a transference, and people just don't understand why am I going through this? Why, 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 why am I? Why do I feel like this? And the more you stay in that ungodly, empty, unproductive entertainment called sex, the more you're destroying yourself. And that is the reason why, especially ladies, when they get married, they find it hard to have an intimacy with their spouse. Because every single time you have had that sexual relationship, there has been no intimacy. So he does it, he gets up, he goes. So you grow up to think that it is a job rather than an intimate, wonderful relationship. And you think you have to please the person. And so when, as you get married and you've now got ringy for the finger and it's locked down, you now say, nah, I'm, not, I'm not ready tonight. Because your experience is what you're playing in your marriage. And the guy is coming with an imprinted image in his mind of the different people he has slept with, putting them in different cadres, and now marries you and wants you to perform like all the other 16 that he's been with. One woman trying to measure up with 16 different experiences. And he knows that he gets in, gets out quick, and he's done his stuff. And you're thinking, 
Something's just not right here. And then when he can't get what he wants from the city, he now goes into pornography. He's exposed himself and then depression comes in. While we unite with one another, we unite with our souls. If a tie is formed between a man and a woman, that's when it is broken, you've just opened yourself up to depression. <sighs> should I give you one more? Should we just... Uh... This is heavy, isn't it? One more. Alright, let's do one more. It's in, the same, it's in the same thing. So the first one was empty, unproductive, and timid. The next one is empty relationship. I have mentioned most of it. But let me read from Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, and then we close. Blessed, amplified, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes. So one of the, some of these empty entertainments that we go out to, you understand, nightclubs and all, all that. I, I, look, it depends on who you're working with. And I have no problem. But at least at one point in time, Christ is supposed to fill you so up that you will feel out of place in some certain areas. You're not shaking your head. The darkness and light can't stay together. At one point in time, one is going to win. Lord of the rings. One is going to be the Lord over your life. One time. So, places I used to go to that I feel at ease are not places I used to go, that I can go to now. And that's not because I'm pastor. No. Even before I became pastor, there are places I just, is, I'm bigger than that now. There's so much purpose in my life that makes me bigger than that. And, 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 and the Bible talks about relationships likewise. He says, blessed and happy is the man who does not live in their counsel, who doesn't follow their advice, who doesn't stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down, relaxed and rest. So, let me give you a good example. So, you go Men, let me address the men first. So you go to the nightclub or rave or whatever you are. You are with your drink. You are sitting down. And all you're doing is you're observing. Or are you blind? And the men are like, hey, Pastor, I, I, I get you. No, I'm preaching to you and those who will download it on Sunday. Uh, you, you, you can't get there and not see what walks past you. And then some demonic agent sent to ruin your life comes and sits beside you. If this is an agent, they're sent to ruin your life. And they sit beside you and you feel, yeah, I'm, I'm attractive. Hey, you are a magnet for disaster because you're in the wrong place sitting in the seat of the scornful and in the place of the sinner. Because when the, the, the entire life is ruined, then you get depressed and then you, the church has to pray and they don't understand it. Check many mental health issues have come from deep rejections. He says, don't sit down to relax. Listen to me. Don't sit down to, as my 
Gigon. Thank you. Does not sit down. Um, oh, my beauty up there. Does not sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Yeah. He says, but his delight and desire is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, listen, his precepts, his instructions, his teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and by night. Let me quickly say this to everyone here. I know you're, we're not all going to change in one day. But I'm saying, let there be more of God consciousness in us that can gradually take us away from the things of the world. I'm not throwing a gauntlet down to you that if you don't, then you're not a Christian. You're a Christian. But I'm trying to tell you these are avenues in which depression comes in and comes to destroy our life. And I'm asking you, I'm pulling you gradually out of that pit of where we used to be to a place in Christ. Because we think that in Christ it is boring. But that's where your destiny lies. And that's where your husbands are. That's where your wives are. That's where your children are. That's where your riches are. And by the time you focus on God, things start to work for us. Empty relationships are depressive. I call them draining relationships. People who deplete you and exhaust you. Draining relationships literally suck the life out of you. I call these people emotional black holes. They're around you. Oh, she's my homie. She's my BFF. Am I right? Some of them you need to delete them. Do delete FF. Draining. Because let me tell you this. And my, my, my wife can verify this. There's always a pastor who calls me every Sunday. After a while, I had to delete him off. I didn't stop picking up the phone. Because the first question they're going to ask, so how was church? I say, oh, it's fine. It's beautiful. How was your church? Ugh, people didn't show up. This didn't happen. That didn't happen. That, and then goes on for an hour on the trouble. By the time I drop the phone... Even I become a partaker of his depression. I'm serious. And you know, the, the worst problem is if you're ever going out or you're in a relationship with someone, you can't share your testimonies. Because if oh, your life is okay, yeah, I wish I could walk in your shoes. There's nothing called shoes. It's all called what you make of life. And there's some relationships that just drain you have you ever realized that you're just giving out from your bank? At one point in time, it's going to run out. Emotional health is like a bank account. The withdrawals and the deposits determine the balance. We become unbalanced when we make too many withdrawals and not enough deposits. That's why sometimes, even as pastor, I shut down. I run away from your like, you know what, enough is enough. It is enough. I need to pray. I need to get myself together. I need, I, I need, to, I need, to, I need to be okay. 
I remember one time I was in a hotel with my wife, by the way. Uh, and then I met a church member. Where I go, oh, pastor, you hear all that. I said, what are you doing? Oh, I came with this. He said, pastor, I always want to say, I'm in a hotel. I came for rest. Don't talk to me. Book an appointment. I haven't seen her till now. But yes. Ha! You want to give me bad news? Where I'm trying to hide away. And it was someone who paid for three days. You didn't pay for it. And then you want to take from it. Sorry. I have not, I don't, I, I can't, I, I'm not sure if I've seen her after that. But I made the right decision. When we do not pursue replenishing relationships and continually throw out our limited emotional resources away into an emotional blackmail, we will experience an emotional bankruptcy. Leave any person you're going out with that drains your life. It ain't going to get any better until they meet with God. You cannot continue to be in a relationship that is emotionally draining you. Never be there because you are going to be depressed. Never open yourself to the opinion of other people that becomes your reality. It's empty relationships when people start to tell you who you are. They can't create a fly and they're telling you who you are. And then you embrace it and then you become their reality. I have learned that there's a difference between what others think and fearing what others think. A wise man makes his own decision. An ignorant man follows public opinion. You have to have your own opinion and develop yourself. This is number two out of five. We'll pick the rest up next week. Empty, unproductive entertainment. Empty relationships are avenues of depression. I am telling you, Ladies and gentlemen, they are serious avenues of depression. There are another three that are heavy. But let me give you the the, the easy ones. I'll give you two easy ones. (laughs) It will bless you if you continue to come to this school of healing. It will bless you. And I don't want to just say this. I want you to go out and evaluate yourself. Let me say this. You can do better than what you think. Oh, if this person gets out, I'm finished. The person's always been in my life. God didn't mean that a person replaces him. People come into your life for a reason. And for a season. When the season is over, all you have left is an empty nest. Never, except your spouse, never hold on to anything you can't let go. Do you know that people divorce after 25 years? Have you ever asked why? Because throughout their marriage, it is the children that has become their idol. It's the children that's become their discussion. It's the children that's become their entertainment. So when the children start to leave home, depression starts to come in because the person which we produce them together, we have been, we're going, we've grown so far apart that we're now staying at home and there is nothing to talk about. And then you now say, I have 
spent my entire life building up these children. Now I want to find a life on my own. And bam, that's the end. Because we're holding on to things so tight. We hold on to money so tight. We hold on to that job so tight. We hold on to that friend so tight. That when God now wants to move us, we will not move. And when then God now forces them to move, because it's an empty relationship, which is not of God, we now find ourselves in a depressive mood. Oh, where were you last week? Oh, I went to Kalisha's uh, party. And they, by that time, depression sets in. They didn't invite me. Maybe your parties is too much. Maybe you should sit down. Kelisha didn't invite you. Oh, I thought you were friends. Eh, God purposely made her forget you. So that you will know that there's nothing that you hold on to. And then you get home and the next thing you do to increase your depression is now you go and search on Instagram to see how good the party was that you are not there. We've all done that. Come on. Deliver yourself from it. Is it ever going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Someone got married. I thought automatically I was the best man and they relegated me so badly. I wasn't even on the train. Did I die? No. When I just got married, they also were not on the train. (laughs) I'm joking. And one day, remember, they say, well, can you be the MC? I'm like, now people pay. <laughs> you need to pay. But that's it. It's life. That's it. That's it. They had another choice. They made the right choice. It saved me a lot of money. And then above all, while I was hurt, do you know what God said? Do you know what God said? Because I saw into their life, into their wedding. I'm like, you can't be serious. So what? When I was, if I, so if I, uh, uh, God, nah, nah. And for four days, he kept going on like that. God didn't repeat himself. His instructions is there. Afterwards, I got, even I'm frustrated. God, I'm exhausted. I just took some money and just sold into their life because he made it very clear that I probably would have done that if I was in the, if I was the best man so everyone can see me but God wants to know if you can give without being known when God wants to teach you he takes you through the school of hard knocks amen all right any questions don't want to keep you too too long any questions? Today, I didn't only preach about carnival, so don't go outside and say, oh, Pastor Mess is carnival. I didn't preach all the whole, my entire life on that one. Uh, so, but any questions? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 20 
7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.